Welcome to New Hope Underground. That's right. We're back for another fun-filled episode. Hey, I hope you enjoyed our last episode. Uh, Sue Schuler was with us uh, doing an interview with Charla. That's now me. the co-host. Woohoo! And uh, it was it was good. I had a lot of people tell me they listened to it. And well, of they, course it was good. Well, of course it was good. It's New Hope Underground. What do you expect? But uh, we are going to have Sue on again. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Now, let's just be honest. Let's just throw it out there. Okay. She's actually not on again. You mm. just interviewed her one time, but we split it up. We did. And we be- only shared part of it. We did. Because actually both of her, both things that we talked about were pretty heavy. And um, there were a lot of tears. And so, to be honest, it was just a good place to break in between the two. Right, let's go ahead and talk about that because she's going to be on here in a little bit. But we're going to talk about a few things first. And then Cheryl and I will be back at the end to uh, see you on out of the episode. But however, so the first uh, the first interview we had with her, which was the last two weeks ago when we put, put that uh, episode up, was her testimony. Correct. So what's a little bit different from this episode? This one is a little bit about um, parenting and... Um, walking through kind of valleys, if you will, or if you have challenging kids or kids who are um, maybe rebellious or walking away from their faith. And um, Sue's testimony and God's story in this whole thing is just really incredible. And as soon as she was sharing it with me, I knew it had to be something that other people heard for encouragement and also just because... It's an it's a great story, and to rejoice with the whole family. Well, it's good. I mean, they've they've got four grown kids. Yes, and all all married. Mm-hmm. No, not all married. No, not all married. But, but, but all, all uh, grown up. All grown up. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. And uh, so, listen in on that. But before we get to that, I'm just kind of curious as we're kind of on that subject of of parenting. You and I are kind of in the same boat. She was our we're professionals. Our kids are grown we're up. professional parents. We are. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you know us at all that's totally tongue-in-cheek yeah but um anyway i'm just kind of curious like what's what's some of the best advice you ever received what was if someone came to you and said hey what's give me just one huge big thing of advice above all advice for a parent what would you give well the first thing i would say if it were today but i have one word of advice for parents okay which is stop reading other people's social media when it comes to their parenting. Hmm. Highlight reels are the worst when you're in the depths of your child not sleeping for four days and everybody is sick and people are throwing up and temper tantrums are being had or yelling as and slamming doors are happening. You just don't need to see what other people are doing. You need to just concentrate on you and your family. So that's that. But I did receive a couple really good pieces of advice when our kids were little, and I don't even know where I got them, but one thing was um, those first few minutes. Now, we homeschooled, Mm -hmm. so 
but not entirely all the way through. Our kids went to private school, public school, and homeschool. Yeah, they did it all. And it was kind of a case-by-case basis, year-by-year basis. We wanted to do the right kid thing. Kid-by-kid basis. Yeah, we wanted to Depends do... where we lived. Exactly. And, who you know, what was available. And yeah, we wanted to make the right decision for our family at that time. And uh, so I'm I, looking back, I feel fairly confident in about 80% of what we chose. I wish maybe I had maybe stuck to my guns a couple times with some things, but um, I just felt pressure from the outside world. So anyway. Hence the first yeah. uh, piece of advice. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to that. But um, when my kids were in school, I felt like the I was home for the most part. I did work part-time here and there and everywhere, but for the most part, I, I was home when the kids got home. And I always felt like those first few minutes at home were the most important. And that's when a kid tends to just drop their junk and disappear. But I wanted to know what was going on. And a kid doesn't want to be bombarded with, hey, how was your day? That is an open-ended question that they're not going to answer. So I, for me, (laughs) with our kids, it was always, hey, tell me something really funny that happened today. And, you know, each one of our kids were were a little different. And sometimes it'd be like, oh, there wasn't anything real funny. And then they'd stop and think about it after they heard the other kids. And then they would pipe in with something but we had ongoing chronicles of several things that happened in their kids in, in there with amongst their friends and things that would happen that we would chuckle about that we honestly still laugh about today <laughs> so 20 yeah. years later but um so that was a really great piece of advice and um i think the un- only other piece of advice i really think that a parent needs is to remember that your child is its own person and your child has their own soul, and your child, if they're a believer, has their own Holy Spirit, and you are not mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. And um, though you're a parent and you guide and you love and you protect, you don't have to be their ever-waking conscience, especially as they're growing. You need to guide them and help them make decisions, but they're still their decisions in some things. I mean, I'm not talking... You know, having a 10-year-old decide they want to go do something ridiculous. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sometimes you let your kids make a bad choice. Right. Because they don't see the consequences, but you know. But it's okay because that's what being I don't understand why they don't want to learn from our mistakes. I don't get it. I know. I know, right? I don't know. (laughs) I know. It's funny, though, because now we're on this end of the spectrum. We can say... Oh, yeah. yeah. We can see our, our kids are walking through that. But at the same time, our kids are going, you know, you guys are really pretty smart. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. And they actually want to know what we have to say now. So, I guess if I was... Now, I asked you for one, and you gave me three. I'm sorry. That's what I do. I, that's what moms do. Yeah. I'm just joking. I, I'm, I'm all-encompassing. It, and I think if I had one, it would be top of the list anyway for me. There's, I probably have several just like you, you know, just... It's hard not to, hard to keep it at one. It's like that Lay's commercial. It's hard to just have one. Anyway, um, but for me, I think the top of the line would be that to always remember that we aren't supposed to be a model of perfection. Mm-hmm. You know, we're supposed to be a model of grace. Oh, yeah. To our kids. And they need to learn how to, uh, they need to learn grace from us mm-hmm. by our apologies to them when we mess up. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to learn what how to handle things when you when you don't do things right. Mm-hmm. 
not just always get on their case because they're not being perfect. Mm-hmm. We're not doing things right. Um, I think that, sometimes we we think when you talk about guiding mm-hmm. them, I think some parents tend to think that's what guiding mm-hmm. means. Guiding means to is to never never let them in on your weaknesses, mm-hmm. to make sure they're always doing the right thing, mm-hmm. and to punish them when they're not. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's it at all. I think no. it's I think it's about uh, showing uh, grace to them, also helping them exercise grace themselves towards others and towards themselves. Oh yeah, and you uh, know you. The good question to ask yourself is, a hard question to ask yourself is, do I really want my child to be just like me? Because if you're saying yes to that question, then I would want to ask you, oh, so you think you're perfect? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know about you, I am incredibly flawed. Well, okay, I know you're flawed, but I'm incredibly flawed. Yeah, so you tell me. (laughs) I'm incredibly flawed, and I don't want my kids (laughs) to be just like me. Yeah. I want them to be, I want them to aspire to be godly and to be what God wants them to be. I think that's what we all want. And that's why we're on here mm. talking. And that's why Sue's going to talk. Is to yeah. Because here's the thing. Just because you want that doesn't mean it happens. Mm-mm. And every kid's an individual. Every Like you said, mm. have their own soul, have their own decisions that they make. And so not everything pans out ever the way you plan or Never. the way you think it's going to. Mm-mm. But what I, what I will tell you is this, is that, as Christian parents, remember this. The Bible is not a Boy Scout manual. It is it's not. It's not a Girl Scout manual. It's not like trying to teach morality only for the sake of morality. It's about leading people into relationship, you know, people who are bad, who do evil things, and who are forgiven, mm-hmm. and leading to a relationship with Jesus. And I love what it says in, uh, in, in, the, uh, what it says in the wisdom literature is that uh, we are to create a desire within. Mm-hmm. Our, our kid, you know, train up a child in the way they should go, and you shall not depart from it. That really mm-hmm. means to create a desire mm-hmm. within them, because it has to come from come from them. So, hey, good stuff. Hey, we're we are going to go ahead and give way then to the interview that Char did with Sue Schuler. Here it is. Welcome to the spotlight, and again, um, I have with me Sue Schuler, who is a longtime member of New Hope, and I wanted to talk to Sue a little bit. Um, I know. There are many families who struggle with uh, children who kind of go their own way um, in your family um, when it comes to your faith, and it's a struggle. And I know that um, Sue has been very open, and you've been very open in sharing a little bit of your struggle with that, but your story has a really happy ending, and I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to encourage people to not give up and to keep praying and to love your kids no matter what. Even if they they never come full circle, you're ready and you're prepared to love them no matter what, just where they are. But like I said, your story has a different ending, and I'm so excited for that. So could you or would you mind sharing your story? Okay. Well, as I've said uh, on another time that I was here, we have four kids and uh, two boys, two girls. Our family's kind of unique that we had two boys and then this big gap and two girls. Mm -hmm. And we've been blessed with just healthy kids and good relationship and just really felt like things were uh, going well in our family. And we started to see some changes with our youngest daughter. Um, Olivia is uh, 
fun kid. She is a smart kid. Uh, She actually made a profession of faith when she was young. She got baptized when she was around nine years old. But when she got probably junior high years, we started to see some attitude. Mm. Um, Mm. There was, oh, you know, lots of eye rolling, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) lots of uh, just wanting to be by herself in a room, not Mm. really, you know, we weren't so cool to to hang out with the family. Lots of people can relate to that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of it we just took as some normal stages of development. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we'd see some attitudes like that here and there with the other kids. But it it just seemed to kind of continue that trend. It was Mm -hmm. subtle, but yet we could see the changes. Like if we were at the family dinner table and talking, uh, she wasn't so much to want to talk. She would just stay quiet. Mm -hmm. Or if there were like devotion times, you could kind of see that she was there, but boy, she was not going to pay attention. Yeah, she was (laughs) not going to participate. she was there, but it was kind of a quiet defiance. Mm. You, you, I don't know how to say that, but I, yeah, I get that. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> she knew that um, living at our house, it was just a given that we mm-hmm. would go to church on Sundays. And she didn't really put up resistance to go to church as she got more into these high school years. But yet it was like when she was there, she'd sit with arms crossed and just doodle all over the programs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she wasn't going to really plug in or get engaged. And we that was kind of the starting trend of things. And it just kind of grew. And uh, I remember just subtle little things like parent teacher conferences. Uh, People would say, oh, Olivia's. Uh, a joy in the classroom you know she's happy and she's smiling uh, but the at-home Olivia was a different personality Mm. there was um, yeah there just wasn't conversation going Mm -hmm. on Uh, anytime you would start to to try to talk she felt as though she was being criticized or uh, you know, it, it just got really, really awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also remember one of the teachers saying something like uh, they had had an assignment where they had to debate an issue. And they said, I was shocked at what Olivia's stance was knowing the family. Uh. She would tend to be kind of antagonistic and mm-hmm. take the 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 view that was not maybe the godly gotcha. view of things, you know. So uh, it it just started, and that trajectory got worse and worse and mm. worse. Uh, she was always a good student. Mm-hmm. She had a job. She did great in her job. Uh, in fact, my husband especially jokes that we loved the steak and shake Olivia. She was a waitress, <laughs> and you'd go in, and she would be smiling and happy. And uh, but then when it was the at home Olivia, it was maybe a mm. a, a different story. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
things continued Mm -hmm. to fall apart as far as our relationship. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, during that time, it was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And I honestly was kind of like on a roller coaster. I would sort of blame myself. Sure. Like, was I too strict? Mm -hmm. Or was I not strict enough? Right. I should have done more with family Mm -hmm. devotions. Or, no, maybe I did too much with trying to to do scripture. Or... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I should have said more or no, I should have stayed quiet. Mm -hmm. Uh, I shouldn't have let her get a phone. I shouldn't have done social media. I should have monitored it better. It was just, and some of those things are true. And like, I blew it. I lost my temper. I, you know, I raised my voice. I, I would beat myself up. Sure. And Truthfully, there were things I did wrong mm-hmm. that I handled it. And then I would apologize to Olivia. I mm-hmm. would confess to God. Um, but then there was the other part of that that I think was the accuser just trying to mm-hmm. tell me things that weren't true, and but I was believing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a really hard line. Yeah. And I think sometimes that line gets muddled because somehow as parents, we kind of think that we're our children's... Holy Spirit and a little bit of their death, their salvation, instead of looking at them as their own person. I know personally that has been really hard, but tell us some more. What happened? Yeah, well, things continued to fall apart, mm-hmm. basically, as far as our relationship. And um, there were other circumstances that I know greatly impacted mm-hmm. Olivia's um, choices during mm-hmm. that time. And eventually, Olivia moved out. Okay. Uh, and it was after a big, a big explosion, a mm-hmm. big falling apart. And to tell you the truth, I don't even remember what the... Uh, you know, the circumstance was, mm-hmm. but there was a, a big disagreement and Olivia left the house and said she was never coming back mm. and left with basically her backpack and a few things that she could grab. And I remember it so vividly because it was on Mother's Day. Oh. And it was just like, not what I thought Mother's Day was going to be like. No, you know, not at all. And when she left, there was just all of this fear. Mm-hmm. We didn't know where she was going. Mm-hmm. Is she safe? Mm-hmm. Is she is she okay? Mm-hmm. And how old was she when this happened? She would have been eighteen. Okay, so she graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And had started college and mm-hmm. was living at home. She had just about finished her first year of college okay. and then left. Okay. So it was scary. Yeah. It was, 
uh, you know, we would text mm-hmm. and she wouldn't answer. Mm-hmm. Or if she did, it might be a week before right. she would answer. I was able to find out through uh, our daughter who is within about a year and a half of her age, uh, our daughter Grace, knew where she went. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find out that she was staying with a friend mm-hmm. and that she was, she had shelter, you okay. know, she, she was safe. But there was a, a long period of, of estrangement. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would just come back a little bit here and there to maybe grab some more things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was hard. And I, I remember at that time too, it was hard for me to go to church right then mm. because I was fighting so many emotions. I bet. And I would be in the church service fighting back tears. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, people come and say, hey, how you doing? How are you? And I felt like such a fraud mm-hmm. because I'd say, oh, doing okay, or oh, it's fine. But inside, it was like, I'm barely keeping it together. Yeah. To the point of sometimes leaving church a little bit before the invitation time so that I wouldn't have to talk to anyone mm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. It, I felt like fraud some ways. I didn't want to have to say, yeah, I'm okay, or have to explain tears. You weren't you ready know? to talk about it yet. No. But thankfully, I did have some people that were that I really, really trusted, friends and family mm-hmm. that did know what mm-hmm. was going on. And I had been really careful to, to not share that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to taint anyone's sure. opinion of Olivia or uh, have... Kind of like as a nurse, like I said, we have confidentiality sure. where there's certain things that are they're, they're confidential, mm-hmm. and I felt like a lot of that was confidential. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, I had some friends and some family mm-hmm. that were aware that I could be real with and tell them, mm-hmm. you know, and praying, mm-hmm. just praying for Olivia, for the Holy Spirit to draw her, mm-hmm. to open her eyes, to open her ears, to to just be softened to God, mm-hmm. because that, I knew, is what she needed. Mm-hmm. And like you said, not to be the Holy Spirit. That's such a hard lesson for us. Oh, my goodness. It was so hard. Mm-hmm. I had this illusion that I had control, mm-hmm. that that it was kind of up to me, kind of like you said, with I needed to help the Holy Spirit out, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> uh, God needed a little help from Sue mm-hmm. here. And I, when I really realized I don't have any control, mm-hmm. this has got to be Olivia's decision. Mm-hmm. It was, it was freeing, mm-hmm. and yet it was scary too. Oh, I bet. Because it was, it was out of my hands. Mm-hmm. 
Because there were no knowns. You didn't know what your relationship would be like in the future. If there would be a relationship, you didn't know if she would ever come back to, to want to be a part of God's family. If she would just walk away from it for you just, there was too many unknowns. Right. It, it was hard. Mm -hmm. A lot of nights of their, you're laying in bed with your mind just going Mm -hmm. everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking of worst case scenario and, and then, the open-endedness of it, when would this end or would it end in a way that we hoped for? Mm -hmm. So about a year after Olivia moving out, uh, you know, she had started to text a little more often and Mm -hmm. we started to have a little more interaction. And actually, I know this is a little off course, but... I remember also another emotion I had during that time. When she had left, at first there was just this fear Mm -hmm. and this unknown. But after a period of time, there was almost this sense of relief. Mm -hmm. Because now there wasn't the constant tension in the house. Yeah. You weren't walking on eggshells as far as what I might say that could set things off. Mm -hmm. was totally misunderstood. And then there was that guilt feeling of, sure. I feel bad that I feel glad <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that some of that tension is right. gone. Right. And I don't know if that's just a mom thing or if it's just a female thing, but uh, I did feel kind of bad at having this sense of relief uh, that she was gone in right. some ways because it, it made for less... Uh, turmoil and strife mm-hmm. around the house. Mm-hmm. So, and you kind of were, well, your home was kind of peaceful again. You had a place of, on on this earth, as safe haven again, where you could kind of just be Sue again. Right. Yeah. And not have to guard everything I yeah. said. And so switching back then, mm-hmm. uh, Olivia at this point has been gone for about a year. Mm-hmm. And we got... Uh, news from Liv that she was pregnant. And uh, that, I remember that day very vividly. Mm-hmm. We were sitting at a Monocles restaurant, and we had just got back from being in Alabama for mm-hmm. a couple weeks. And we knew that Olivia had been seeing uh, a man, and we wondered if, you know, that relationship might be getting kind of serious. Mm-hmm. And we had some concerns there. And as we're sitting at Monocle's and she reaches into her purse and she goes, well, I've got something I want to show you. I really kind of thought she was going to pull out an engagement ring mm-hmm. and tell us that she was engaged. And instead she pulled out a sonogram mm. picture and told us that she was expecting and I did not see it coming. I, I mean, I should have. I, I mean, we knew her choices were uh, going to have some consequences. Sure. But it did shock me. And uh, <laughs> it was not funny at the time. But looking back, it's kind of funny. Almost immediately after she pulled out the sonogram, there was just this pause of, 
how do I react, Mm -hmm. you know? And about that exact time, the waitress comes to the table (laughs) and says, how are things here? Everything okay? (laughs) uh, Of course, she's referring to the pizza and the salad and the drinks. And I'm wanting to say, no, (laughs) things are falling apart. You know, Uh, her timing was unbelievable. But uh, basically, we told Olivia, we are here Mm -hmm. to support you, Mm -hmm. to help you. and at that point, you know, she was still pretty, pretty distant. Mm-hmm. But once Olivia had the baby, mm-hmm. that started to be the turning point mm. as far as us starting to have some restoration. There was, she needed that extra support mm-hmm. and I feel like as the baby came, that started to mm-hmm. turn things. Olivia's heart started to be softened mm-hmm. some. And I think she appreciated some of the grandma mm-hmm. advice. Sure. Uh, and, <coughs> excuse me, uh, after Andrew was about a year old or so, she went to a small little church that mm-hmm. was in the town that she was living in. And she eventually started going to a small group mm. and attended that church pretty regularly. And this year at Easter, Olivia was baptized wow. and made a profession of faith. Mm-hmm. And we were present. <sighs> And let me tell you, there were lots of tears. Oh, I bet. And our relationship is, it is so much better. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like our relationship is restored. Mm-hmm. We see each other at least weekly mm-hmm. or probably multiple times during the week that we're FaceTiming or talking. She lives about an hour from us, so it's not like we're just Mm -hmm. super close by. But how things fast forward, you know, Mother's Day was about a month ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in fact, I brought a a Mother's Day card and of something that Olivia wrote in it was... uh, I don't know if we can hold one second and let me get that card or not. Go ahead. Grab that card, Sue. So on the bottom of the Mother's Day card, I'm going to (laughs) cry. She wrote, thank you for everything. I'd be lost without my mama. Love you forever. Olivia, compared to the three years ago or four years ago when she stormed out Mm -hmm. on Mother's Day, this just made me cry. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's answered prayer Mm -hmm. that friends and family Mm -hmm. that have prayed for her, Mm -hmm. God didn't need me to be the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit drew her and softened mm-hmm. her, and it went according to his timeline. Mm-hmm. 
And I just praise God that we have had a restored relationship. I know something that I read during that time was, it just hit me, and I don't even know where I read it, but at some point I had to be more concerned about my daughter's destiny Mm -hmm. than her history. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of choices that Olivia made that were, you know, she herself mm-hmm. says she rebelled. Mm-hmm. But that is the past. Yes. And now we move forward. Yeah. That is, that is history. Mm-hmm. We, we move present and forward mm-hmm. at this point. So that is such an inspiring story of watching God take such something that was so broken with all those little cracks in it and making it brand new. It really is. I mean, I, I love to hear your um, interactions with Olivia. I love hearing about that as your friend to know what God has done. I mean, it's just such a really, really cool redemption story. And, and I know that you know that you're very fortunate and you're very blessed because so many times that's not the, that's not the case for parents in the same or similar situations. Um, but for a parent who maybe is in the midst of struggling, what is the one thing that you would tell them? I would say probably a couple things. You need to have someone that you can trust Mm -hmm. that you can be real with Mm -hmm. and that you can pray with Mm -hmm. to not give up in prayer Mm -hmm. and I you know we can't promise what Mm -hmm. those results are going to be but I know that God loves your wayward child Mm -hmm. and that he is faithful and just mm-hmm. and righteous and that we can trust God mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought of that story of the prodigal son and, you know, during that portion of scripture beforehand, there's the lost sheep mm-hmm. and the shepherd goes out and finds the one. Mm-hmm. And then there's the lady who loses the coin mm-hmm. and they search for the coin. Mm-hmm. But, when it was the prodigal son, the dad didn't go chase the son no. and bring him back. Mm-hmm. The dad waited mm-hmm. and had his arms open to greet that son when they came back. And to let that wayward one know that you love them no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that they're always welcome back. Mm-hmm. You know, that to love them is the most important thing. Even mm-hmm. when they're hard to love, mm-hmm. you've got to love them. Do you think through all of this you learned a lot more about unconditional love? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when you would read scripture during those times, mm-hmm. it was like that whole new meeting. Mm-hmm. The words just kind of jumped off the mm-hmm. page, and you could really, really relate. Mm-hmm. As, a, as, as a mom looking and understanding 
the unconditional love you have towards your child. But hopefully, I hope that you saw that as you're reading that God's unconditional love towards you. Oh, yeah. Especially as you're beating yourself up, wondering, did I do the wrong thing or whatever, to know that, hey, he loves you no matter what. Yeah. And for sure that Mm -hmm. happened where I would have to just confess, Mm. you know, where I did make mistakes. Yes. And that God still loved me, and he wasn't beating mm-hmm. me up. Mm-hmm. And that he cared for me. Mm-hmm. And he saw my tears. Mm-hmm. And, and as much as I loved Olivia, he loved Olivia more. Uh-huh. And he loved me just as much. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, there were a whole lot of things that became very, very real mm-hmm. and experienced. Mm-hmm. Rather than just words on a page. A real faith. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And hopefully it's an encouragement to other parents as they're walking through it and as or they're raising their kids. And maybe one day they're faced with the same situations of things not going quite how they thought it would be. But uh, thank you so much, Sue. It was fun to be here. Thanks. Bye. Hey, that was great. Thanks for... Uh Thanks for listening. I see you had a lot of good things to share. I'm sure you had a good time with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, as we kind of close, I've got a, a, some shout-outs I want to do here in just a little bit, and I'll explain what those are in just a second. But Char's going to give you a book recommendation. Uh, this is, you know, we don't do this all the time, but here's a good recommendation for those of you who love to read, unlike me. Mm-hmm. I, I read when I have to, you know, kind of thing. But <laughs> People who love to read uh, parenting books that you just think this is helpful. She's got one really good one. Yeah, I'm not a self-help book person, but um, and I'm really not a parenting book person other than outside of, um, you know, growth milestone, things like that, what to expect. But um, I did come across um, a parenting book I've actually written by a gal who I followed her blog, gosh, maybe 15 plus years, and I've watched her grow, and I watched her walk through um, many of the stories she shares in her book. But um, the book is called Love-Centered Parenting, The No-Fail Guide to Launching Your Kids. It's by Crystal Payne. And um, honestly, if we were to write a book, Darren, you and I, this would be the kind of book we would write. Now, how do you spell her last name? P-A-I-N-E. Okay, there you go. Crystal Payne, P-A-I-N-E, in case you want to look it up. Yeah, it's a great book. It's all about grace. It's about... Um, pointing your kids to Jesus. It's about not um, trampling on your kids, all sorts of stuff. It's so practical and honestly, the best book I've ever What's read. What's the name of it again? Um, Love-Centered Parenting. And it's for everything from little kids on up to probably applicable for adult children. So There you go. So that's great. Hey, we're going to give some shout-outs before we leave here. Shout-outs are something we're going to try to do more often. They're basically just, hey noticing people behind the scenes is that new hope underground is about our church behind the scenes. So noticing people behind the scenes, uh, sometimes out in front of people, if you will, but uh, are doing some, doing some incredible things for the, just for the sake of serving other people. Mm-hmm. So we just had this youth conference. There was like a lot of, a lot of people involved oh, in yeah. that. The whole youth staff put it on and like over a hundred kids came, I think, but there were, People who volunteer to be group leaders who had never been group leaders before. With That's youth. amazing. There are some people. I, I can't even get into names because there's so many of them. 
that we they were also uh, provided host homes for these kids to kind of stay, so they kind of got away from home a little bit for a couple of days mm-hmm. during this youth conference. And there were some uh, who were actual uh, leaders for the prayer walk uh, that they did uh, during the conference. That's a really special event for the students. And they were had each each uh, the prayer walk has different stations. They had have people at every station, and they had to put the rooms together and. And uh, just incredible. I'm going to give a special shout out to uh, uh, Samantha Clausen, who put a lot of that stuff together on the, the back end for the prayer walk and just did a fantastic job from what I understand. I didn't, wasn't there to attend, but I'm just saying there's, and there's so many other people. It's hard to name. Of course, our youth staff, uh, Aaron Golden and, and Bethany Berry and, and uh, Kelly Altman and Logan Arney and, there's quite an Antonio Munoz and Ben Wiltsey. So there are a lot of youth staff from all three campuses all coming together for this youth conference. And there are a lot of volunteers. And we'll just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, um, we, we're getting ready to take send 31 people to Indianapolis for the uh, Mission Indy. And we've got some leaders who are, I want to give a special shout out to some people who did some uh, extra work on our uh, not only leading the trip, but doing work on our burger bash. We had Sturkey's Burger Bash last Sunday as a fundraiser for that trip. We raised over $5,800 in two Woo-hoo, hours. That's yeah. amazing. It was really incredible. And John and Patty Tynan did a lot of work there, Kevin and Tammy Stewart. Um, and, there, and there are a lot of other people who, who were working, that's for sure. We've got 31, and Tynans are kind of the trip leaders, And uh, but there are... 31 people going to work in the inner city of Indianapolis on July 10th. So be praying for them. Also, I just want to appreciate all the people. And again, I wish I, I could just sit down and just list all the names, but there, there's too many that uh, just say encouraging things to each other. I've heard, I've heard conversations of people encouraging other people mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning or just out in the parking lot or in our offices and or so out, out in, uh, in the coffee shops. But I, I, the thing that just really been has struck me because it's a personal experience is the fact that I, it's amazing how many texts and messages I get, and also people just stopping to talk to me about it uh, after a sermon on a Sunday. They're just so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, this church goes way beyond and just saying, "Hey, good sermon." You know, they uh, people really tell me, "Hey, what that means to them," and mm-hmm. you know, and so forth. So I, I just want you to know that really is encouraging. Sometimes you kind of wonder. If, Anybody's listening. Mm-hmm. So that's just really cool. I'm just being honest. So good stuff. And uh, we just want to say thank you so much and keep serving the Lord in those capacities. And come back in two weeks. We'll be back, won't we? We will be back. We will be back. Oh, 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 oh,